Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another live uh, show on air series with Staying Well Amongst COVID um, series. Um, I am here with uh, Elizabeth Peregrini. Have people, uh, you know, uh, chime in later on. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time out um, for hopping on to the show. Uh, I appreciate your uh, time and energy um, into this. Um, for those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Colin Zhu. I'm the regular host of Fry Bites um, for the regular season. Um, for this series is a special series for COVID, and and uh, pretty much I wanted um, the catalyst for this was really to allay as much stress, anxiety enhance our wellness, uh, whether it be mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical, um, involving, you know, nutrition, lifestyle, gut health, immunity, and uh, just been uh, asking a lot of uh, wellness experts to kind of share their wisdom. And uh, Liz, um, I know you work as a, uh, you're an expert in Ayurveda, you're a wellness practitioner, and uh, you also have a lot of other accolades. So, Please tell the audience uh, where you're calling from and uh, what you do on a day-to-day basis. I wanted to first say thank you so much for having me on. And I'm basically an Ayurveda wellness counselor and a yoga teacher both together. And I practice them together as one integral uh, healing modality. Mm -hmm. I also am a Reiki master Um, And Reiki is a Japanese hands-on healing system uh, that works with the energy or the key uh, within each person. Mm -hmm. I'm also a a huge advocate of eating just in general, but eating well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I absolutely love to eat. um, And previous to my studies in Ayurveda, I was not the best eater ever in the world. I used to eat out three times a day, and I was consistently eating meat and dairy and sugar and caffeine. And um, after I learned about Ayurveda, I was able to incorporate this healing modality into my life. And I tell people all the time, it really saved my life. Mm. I just think that I was on the trajectory to really bad health based on the not nutritious food that I was eating. And um, I had started feeling ill at 28 years old. Mm. And it caused for concern so much that um, I decided to try to go uh, vegetarian at that time. And that's kind of how all of this got started and sparked my healing uh, journey up until this point. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, we definitely, uh, I definitely appreciate people's uh, stories and, um, you know, I, uh, and that's usually, and that's my centerpiece, you know, for the regular season for Thrive Bites. And it's very, very, um, very interesting on my regular series. I actually interviewed, um, one of my chef instructors uh, who practice Ayurveda um, as well. He was studying in a uh, practicing meditation and studying in an ashram. And uh, he also lo- uh, learned Indian cooking and Ayurvedic uh, practices. And so, and he's Italian. So, um, you know, he was a, he was an awesome, he's an awesome soul and uh, he's on the East coast right now in New York city. So, um, so, Basically, just to kind of, uh, you know, bring it back a little bit um, and mainly, you know, because Ayurveda, you know, I know very 
superficial, you know, amounts. For those of you who don't know, I work as a general practitioner studying family medicine and practicing it um, as well, um, hosting out of uh, practicing and hosting the podcast series out of Los Angeles, California. And, um, you know, I have a mother that uh, has been studying and practicing traditional Chinese medicine for four decades. Um, and she's also in the East Coast right now. So I know that Ayurvedic medicine and traditional Chinese medicines are probably two of the most they're the oldest practices, um, you know, that we have. And, um, but less is known, in my opinion, about Ayurvedic uh, medicine. So um, that's why I was really excited um, to have you um, on the show. So why don't you share with the audience listeners um, just kind of like a, like a one-on-one, you know, what is Ayurveda and, um, you know, the different categories, because I know there's, you know, um, different categories um, in which uh, a person, mind and spirit is categorized, uh, quote unquote. And, um, you know, how, how is that related um, to how it can be implemented to our current events right now? So Ayurveda is Sanskrit, and it means the science of life. Uh, the basis of Ayurveda is that we function around the five elements, and those are ether, air, space, fire, and water. And Ayurveda states that these elements have certain qualities to them. And our goal is to figure out which ones our body is predominant in. Every single person has all five elements, but one or two are predominant. And we must find out first what elements are dominant in our body to be able to see what qualities um, vibrate within our own body. Mm -hmm. Ayurveda, the biggest thing about Ayurveda is that their emphasis is on Agni, which is our digestive fire. Mm. So Ayurveda strongly believes the foundation of Ayurveda is the is that you have strong Agni, strong digestion equals a strong immune system. Mm -hmm. And the way that we can boost our digestion is through various means. Um, but the quickest way to do so, in my opinion, is through nutrition and food mm -hmm. and spices mm -hmm. and teas and all of that. Um, so the goal is to figure out what element is predominant in your body, and then we figure out what qualities function within your body. And in order to help you balance those qualities, we introduce opposite qualities into the body. So I'll give you an example. My body type is primarily water and earth. The qualities of water and earth primarily uh, are cold, heavy, and water is wet. We'll say wet. Mm -hmm. So for me, my body is constantly cold, heavy, and wet. I have to, in order to balance my own body, I need to bring in dry quality foods, light mm. quality foods. That way, it can offset what my body is naturally making. Mm. What happens is that most oftentimes people crave what they already are, which was my case at the time when I decided to go vegetarian. I was eating a lot of meat and I was eating a lot of cheese, mm -hmm. which caused me to create a lot of mucus because mm -hmm. that's what water and earth element do. Um, all of these elements produce different kind of um, disorder in the body. So if we know what those are, we can directly pacify them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for me, because I went vegetarian, I introduced a lot of light foods, right, in the form of uh, produce, fruit, and vegetables, which allowed my body to realign itself back to its natural setting. Mm -hmm. So how does um, how does one go about knowing what type of elements uh, they are predominant in? You can definitely, if you want to just do a really superficial, well, number one, of course, you can reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I do offer free dosha assessments 
those I completely offer them for free. I send out a Google Doc and you can either send it back to me and we can discuss what it is or you at the end of that Google Doc is kind of like a way for you to assess yourself based on how you answered and then you can go and gather information on your own in that sense as well. But you can and and you can also just Google Dosha quiz. Mm. That's gotcha. a very superficial way of doing it. Uh, my other recommendation, of course, would be to see an actual counselor to do an in-depth assessment, which would assess not only your digest, uh, not only your dosha, but also your digestion, your tissues, and um, also the level of toxicity in the body, if there is any. Mm-hmm. Now, when you um when you go and search, is there like a directory for Ayurvedic like practitioners or how does that, how does that work? Yeah, there's, there is a website that does have access to this. Um, and again, I'm always here available as, you know, a means of uh, referencing other people. I know sure. a lot of great Ayurvedic practitioners and therapists as well within the community um, and because I've been doing this since 2008. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I've really been able to see how the um, community has grown. Mm -hmm. And it really is inspiring to see how the practices of Ayurveda have hit the mainstream, like drinking warm water with lemon. That's mm -hmm. actually part of our daily routine. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. and there's a lot there's a whole entire list of things that we're supposed to be doing before we even leave the house in order to fortify ourselves in our mind body and spirit to deal with the world mm -hmm. yeah so let's um let's get into that because um you know our series is focused in you know during our pandemic um kind of um phase in our lives right now you know we're kind of mm -hmm. Right now, we're in early April when this uh, show is uh, airing and, um, you know, be published later on for those of you who um, are not able to join the live show. Um, but pretty much depending on which state uh, you've received a stay at home or isolation slash quarantine order, um, it's probably week three, week four for most of us now. And, um, you know, I've uh, interviewed several, you know, experts, um, you know, obviously follow the news and talk to a lot of patients. And, um, you know, I, you're still initially what I've observed is, you know, a, a lot of us are not used to being in a pandemic, obviously, you know, for those of maybe maybe baby boomers or older generations they've gone through wartime and um you know a lot of more global events so something like this isn't really um isn't really new to them right um obviously we know that a lot of people in general public are fear stricken panic stricken stress anxiety levels are high bringing up old stuff for people maybe enhancing um things that are already uh there on the surface um, so, you know, we've been uh, talking about this. So, you know, a lot of us are getting used to being at home. Um, but we don't know when this is going to end in terms of how long we are able to, uh, be disintegrated with society and getting back to us. And while we're able to maintain physical distance apart, uh, we still want to establish and reinforcing social connections. So from an Ayurvedic perspective, um, what would you say uh, would be good general practice? And maybe not necessarily, you know, someone needing to know everything about, Ayur you know, Ayurveda, but from an Ayurvedic practice, um, you know, what would you say are some general, yeah, just general tips first um, before we go into uh, nutrition? I would definitely say you want to establish a routine for yourself. I think that having a routine where it's focused on giving back to yourself in some way or form um, is necessary during this time because it, you're investing that in yourself. In Ayurveda, they have something called Dinacharya, which is a daily practice a self-care practice 
and we do certain things every day and it's a list of things that you can choose from Mm -hmm. those include warm water with lime first Mm -hmm. thing in the morning on an empty stomach because it helps spark digestion but it also helps flush whatever is in there at the time uh something else that i enjoy doing is called tongue scraping Mm -hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with tongue scraping but Tongue scraping is done in order to remove the toxins that have built up on the tongue from the previous night or day. Mm. And it allows, I mean, there's no way to explain this until you actually do it, but it's amazing Mm. how much is on the tongue that we don't realize. Mm. Uh, And again, once we scrape it, we're not just re- ingesting those toxins in the body we're actually removing them and letting them go and releasing them mm-hmm. um, and then after that we also do something called oil pulling which you swish oil in the mouth um we also do some oh this is i absolutely love this this is called an abiyanga and it's a self massage and basically it's you take warm oil i usually do this after my bath or shower and i take warm oil and I massage my body with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do long strokes all over my body because this gets your blood flowing. Mm-hmm. And the oil then gets absorbed into the system, into the deep, deep um, cells. Mm-hmm. It loosens up the toxins and then you're able to release the toxins so they don't stay inside of the body. Mm-hmm. And doing this helps with the drinking of the water as well. Is it, uh, what kind of oil is it? A basic oil that we recommend to start with is sesame oil. But of course, everything is dosha specific when it comes to Ayurveda. So it depends on your dosha type. Mm-hmm. The three that we mainly use are sesame, coconut, and mustard. Mm. So sesame would be for the people that have a lot of air and ether in their body type, which mm-hmm. is known as vata. And then coconut is cooling to the body, so it would be for the fiery people, the pittas. And then mustard is a heating oil for the water and earth types, the kapha people like me that were constantly cold. Yeah, those three categories, uh, you know, I'm familiar with. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Those are great, uh, great tips. Um, I definitely advocate the water with the lemon. Um, I do that throughout the day. From a Chinese medicine perspective, um, uh, they generally do not advocate drinking anything cold um, because of you know just our body body temperature. We operate at ninety eight you know point six generally, and um, you know anything cold, especially during a summertime or if you're you know sweating and things like that, it is very tempting to. Uh, drink something cold, especially ice. But uh, from a traditional Chinese medicine perspective, it's almost like, you know, putting water on a hot walk, right? And just imagining, you know, something sizzling, right? So the thought, the thought is, is that, you know, something very similar, you're almost like shocking the system, you know, in a way. So I like to tell my clients that their digestive system is kind of like a campfire that's raging and burning and warming everything up. And then you take a cup of water with ice and you just dump it on your fire. Mm -hmm. And that's really what happens to the body. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly how toxins are created. Um, And then that turns into disorder in the body because every single Every single dosha, like the three doshas, they have their site within the body. They have a place within the body that they're Mm. supposed to be in. Mm, mm. And so when we either have too much much ama or toxins in the body, it takes up space where that dosha is supposed to be. And then it has to move around and figure out a new home or a new site. And so as it's building its new site and its new home, it's also creating disorder in the body that Mm -hmm. will physically manifest and then we'll have to deal with. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Mm 
Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. The traditional Chinese medicine system is based on um, different meridians and qi flow, and um, you know, depending on how you uh, how you kind of evaluate the system, similar to how you evaluate an Ayurvedic, you know, uh, uh, based on people's categories and uh, doshas and things like that. Um, you know, we look at the tongue, we look at the face, um, you know, we do pulse diagnosis, things like that. So very interesting stuff. So um, in terms of, um, yeah, so self-care, going back to your general tips, um, it is very important. And, um, you know, I, I like the fact you're recommending self-care tips in terms of the physical body. We've talked a lot um, in other uh, shows where, you know, addressing the mental and emotional side of it. Um, so that would be more of an individual. Is there something in terms of, you know, if someone's not being isolated on their own and uh, maybe you know, they're with a, a partner, like in a couple situation or a family dish, uh, 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 family situation. Is there any practices that they could do together or, um, is it more just for yeah. individual? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love to recommend breath work to families. Just simple exercises of inhaling and exhaling. And if you have children, um, I have three little children from six to 10 years old. I taught mm. them how to breathe um, simply by having them smell the flowers and then blowing out the bubbles. Mm. And that's kind of like a technique you can teach to adults as well, because you can say, okay, smell the flowers and now blow out the candles. Mm. And they know exactly what to do because we've mm -hmm. been trained to do these things. And so we know, but we just don't know how to do it together. Mm. And I think it's important that families breathe together because that de definitely helps you find first and foremost, a, a space of calm. Um, and also it allows each of you to come into alignment with your own body, but also as a group. Um, and then, of course, my favorite thing is cooking, but something that's really like fun, like a cake or, you know, um, pancakes, um, things like that. You want to add sweetness to this entire situation because we're in very bitter times. Mm. And so because we're in such bitter times, we need to offset and balance that with sweetness. So it's important that that we add any kind of sweetness to our life right now that we can. So the thing that I love about Ayurveda is that it's not just um, those qualities that we're trying to bring in. It's to balance not just ourselves, but also our entire world, mm -hmm. our own you know way of being. And so all of us right now are in this really harsh, bitter time. And we're in a place where it's really frightening, it's unknown, it's mysterious. And so the one thing that we can do is be sweet and kind to ourselves and to our home and to our family and to our environment. Mm. And if we, can, if we can generate that sweetness within us, it's kind of like a surrendering of the bitterness. Mm -hmm. And we move into a more acceptable place where we're like, okay, I think I can definitely now start to give back to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. No, I, I, I just, I think this is why we're, we're being asked to evolve into this now to start to begin to embrace our own health and really start to be proactive about where we want to be and how we want to feel mm -hmm. and not leave it to the external any longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I think that's awesome. You you've um, created such a beautiful way of um, you know just describing that of adding sweetness to the bitterness. You know, whether it's you know metaphorically or literally, you know, in both senses, um, you know, it is uh, it's very nice. It's you know pleasurable um, because um, I think fear at the root of it is really based off based on. Um, 
an environment of uncertainty or the knowledge of something or an awareness of something uncertain. Um, and what I teach people, whether it's, uh, you know, patients or, you know, just close family and friends or just people in general is that a lot of, a lot of things in life we really don't have control of anyway. And uh, what we do have control is really how we react to things and events outside of us. And so, you know, by, by going through the self-care tips is really about, you may not know exactly what's going on, or you may not know what this particular um, entity is, um, but you do know what you can do for yourself, right? And you do know what you can do for other people, you know, right now. And um, I teach people to really be present, to focus on the present, um, you know, because a lot of people with, uh, you know, depression or anxiety, you know, they're usually stuck in one or two areas, whether it's in the past or in the future. And so what this virus offers us is an opportunity to just be in the space, whether it's the physical space with each other or with yourself, um, but also to really go inward. And I think that's, that's pretty much what we're talking about. So, you know, that's great. I think it's come to that point where we have had, where we, I think everyone's just done with time to go in and really get to know ourselves. Because I think once we turn that mirror in, we are more open to having compassion. And once you have compassion for yourself, you can have compassion for others because you understand the plight of trying to be human Mm-hmm. and not know anything and i completely agree about react like how we're reacting and i think that when we start to internalize uh this we begin to practice a different way of existing and relying upon ourselves more so than ever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely i mean um at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourselves before you can take care of others. You know, um, a lot of the emphasis is on our healthcare communities right now because you know that's the part where we are struggling the most. You know, um, and unfortunately, it's uncovered a veil of how broken our healthcare system is. Um, but we have a lot of selfless, hardworking healthcare, you know, workers, you know, whether not just doctors and nurses, but, you know, therapists and dietitians and respiratory therapists, physical therapists, occupation, and the list goes on, you know, um, all the way to grocery workers and, you know, mail carriers and caretakers, home caretakers. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, if you think about it, we're all in the service for others, right? No matter what kind of job you hold, it, it is there to help serve another human being. And so, you know, if you, if we take a step back and look at the big picture, you know, whether you believe it or not, um, you know, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, we all have a influence on someone else. So, you know, it's, um, and especially during this time of, you know, being apart because, you know, physically, we do have a direct influence. That's why we have to keep six feet. That's why, you know, we try not to avoid touching, contact, etc. Um, and I think another note too is, um, I may not have uh, mentioned this in the past, but, you know, it, it is a challenge for a lot of people because it's something invisible, you know, like during war, you know, war is very physical. You can see it. You can see the tragedy, the casualties from it. But this is interesting because you can't see it. And so it's, um, for better or worse, it's caused a lot of people some delay and um, reaction, you know, to this. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely have sensed that myself um, because you don't know what it is. It's not tangible. You can't see it. You can't, you know, it's, it's like it's not there until you actually feel it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's why it's so important that before you even leave your home, that you wear your armor, whatever that is. Or, you know, even if you don't have to leave your room, but leave your space of your bedroom or your safe room, you know, before you enter like the living room or the rest of the other areas that you, it's important that you kind of, 
put on your mental armor, your physical armor, your spiritual armor, and you're ready, you know, and you're ready and you're set and you've done your affirmations, you know, and you've done your, like, I'm a big believer. I used to suffer from depression and anxiety too. And I started to do something called uh, Japa Mala, which is like mantra work, affirmation work. Mm-hmm. And it really changed things for me personally. Mm-hmm. And so that's now I, I do that now because I know that my mind needs something to focus on to stay in the present moment. And I found for me that was mantra. But it's not the same for everyone. Everyone resonates with something that's different for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about finding the one that works for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I I totally agree. Let's shift gears towards uh, digestion and uh, food, um, because I think a lot of people are, um, you know, really interested in this. um, And I'm personally interested and curious from an Ayurvedic perspective. And uh, just to put it in context, um, you know, we've talked um, nutrition over the past couple episodes um, uh, for this COVID series. And, you know, we heavily advocate, um, you know, eating things more plant-based um, uh, because that's where all the vitamins and antioxidants and fiber, you know, things to really build up and improve gut health and immunity. Uh, we did talk about immunity um, uh, in past episodes. So, and what was interesting is that in the beginning of the pandemic, when the first wave hit, um, you know, pre- pretty much everyone was taking other things <laughs> in, in, in this, in the supermarket that was not, the produce, right? And uh, what was right. what I what I found interesting was, uh, you know, the produce was left behind, you know. So, and those are the things that, you know, that fortify our immune system. So, um, I want to hear, like, from your perspective, like, what does Ayurvedic say in terms of the digestive process? You know, uh, the gut health and the immunity. They are heavily focused on whole nutrition and whole foods. Um, And so for the most part, Ayurveda does recommend a vegetarian or vegan, not even vegan, because they do recommend ghee, which is a a clarified butter. Mm -hmm. But they do say vegetarian is the right way to go because of the, the level of vibration or what they, what is called ojas. Mm hmm in Ayurveda. It's like the life force. Mm. So in Ayurveda, when we talk about food, we talk about how much life force it has in it. And the goal is to consume as much life force so that you can also continue to grow your life force or to fortify your own ojas. Mm. And anything that is not a whole food does not offer the level of nutrition that is needed. In Ayurveda, there are seven layers of tissues. When we don't eat the proper nourishment and nutrition, the last layer gets depleted. The last layer to receive nourishment is the reproductive system. And if you look at our society, you can see how nutrition has affected so many women because they cannot conceive. Mm. And it's because their nutrition, I mean, it's not only that, but the nutrition has a lot to do with fortifying the body Mm -hmm. and the immune system. Can you go over the, uh, you said seven layers, right? Can you go briefly go into those? Yeah. Um, So funny enough, I had just written those down because I was like, oh, maybe we'll discuss this. Mm -hmm. So because there's also the interesting thing is that there's also six, there's a seven datus, which is the tissues. And then there's six tastes that need to be consumed for a complete meal or for a complete uh, nourishment for all of the tissues. Mm -hmm. So the seven tissues they start with the first one that is created or um, built based on nutrition Mm -hmm. and that's rasa which is fluids or plasma or not plasma blood is after but fluids Mm -hmm. and then we have the second one is blood 
And the third one is muscle. The fourth one is fat. The fifth one is bones. The sixth one is bone marrow. And then the seventh is the reproductive system. Mm. And so that is exactly when the digestive system starts working. That's how it nourishes in that order. And you can see, based on somebody's dis-ease and, and, and symptoms, what tissue is lacking. And so when we also do a, a thorough consultation, we ask questions about what these tissues are producing. Because each of these produces something within the body. Mm-hmm. So if you can look at what, it's, what the um, imbalance is, then you can say, oh, it looks like, you know, maybe the fat tissue is having some problems. Or, like I said, like the reproductive, maybe we need to look at the nourishment that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Or, and then, it, it, and because Ayurveda is really a one-on-one healing modality, no two people are going to have the same therapy and treatment. Yeah, definitely. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. That's um, that's very similar uh, to Chinese medicine because uh, it's really based on your overall constitution, right? And uh, everybody, and it's not it's not just individuals have different imbalances because it's also based off of imbalances. A, for example, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not, I don't consider myself a Chinese medicine expert, but you know, I have through osmosis, through my mother having worked in her office and her teaching me over the years, um, you know, mm-hmm. just know, just know enough, you know? Um, and so everyone's, everyone has a different constitution um, and everyone's state is very different, you know, because that's what we are. We're, we're a living, breathing, dynamic, you know, complex um, uh, being, mm-hmm. right? So, you can't really say that you're going to stay at one state for very long. And, but the body's always trying to reach balance and homeostasis. And um, I would presume Ayurveda, Ayurveda is very similar in that regard um, where you're, you're trying to, you know, balance things. And um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, So focusing on the actual gut health um, and in terms of food, um, are there more? Are there more foods that are heavily emphasized um, versus the others, or is it more based off of how you know? Once you evaluate a certain individual and based off of their dosha and their current state, you would recommend um, certain things. Yes, they offer both. So the first one would definitely be to eat a lot of. Um, uh, prana-filled food, and prana means life force or um, like oxygen. Like we also use prana for our breath, but prana means life force. And so, fruits and vegetables have a lot of life force because they're grown first of all in the dirt with sunlight and water. Mm-hmm. So those are always above and beyond recommended. Now, as far as spices. The spices that is recommended for sure is ginger across the board. Mm. Ginger is like one of the best, most healing um, roots ever. Um, Then from there, my own personal suggestion, if you're trying to increase your digestion or get it going, would be to add black pepper to your meals. Mm -hmm. Black pepper is excellent for digestion and it's really, it's not heating to the fiery type, so it's really a really good spice to use, mm-hmm. just in general. Um, now, Ayurveda does state to not consume a lot of animal products because they do create mucus and inflammation. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the, the most general kind of nutrition that, that they would offer. Because then you do need to find out what your dosha type is to then sure. more according to your body type. So mm-hmm. you're not, you know, pushing it past or out of balance. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally understand. Um, what about in terms of um, liquids? You know, obviously, water is our main primary, um, you know, liquid that we use to process, you know, everything within our body. Um, you know, what did they say in terms of liquids? Because, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, could probably be more cost effective in terms of just relying on water, you know, and I teach my patients all the, all, all the time and most of us don't consume enough, you know, um, our general recommendation is eight glasses. Um, I don't know if from an Ayurvedic perspective, more or less. Um, my recommendation for them is room temperature. So, um, you know, just to not, not cold, not iced. Um, I definitely recommend, you know, lemon or lime. Um, and, uh, you know, and I try my best, um, in terms of liquids and solids, uh, to stay away from anything processed, sugary, highly caffeinated, um, as well. Yes. Ayurveda states the same. It's, they really recommend drinking water room temperature or warm water of course with the lemon um, and teas teas are an excellent way to get preventative care inside of your body Mm. because you can use whatever so for example i am primarily water and earth holy basil is a really good herb to use because it pacifies the um, mucus in the body. And so I primarily try to drink what's called Tulsi as well. Tulsi or holy basil, it's the same thing. Mm. I try to drink that all day long so that I can incorporate this nourishment in my body. And I, I switch it up. I don't drink the same tea every day. But I think of teas as preventative care. We have to start changing the way that we see food. It can no longer be how how healthy is that? We really have to start asking the question, is it fortifying my immune system or is it feeding the disorder in the body? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm constantly thinking about ways of boosting my immune system. Um, and for me, teas is the best way. Water is the uh, 100%, obviously, really great for us because it helps flush everything out mm-hmm. um yeah but they're totally against you know coffees and sodas and i mean we we even make our own tea <laughs> you know called chai mm-hmm. it's a spicy tea because most people in india tend to be kapha which is water and earth that's why they have the spicy foods because it's balancing to their body type Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, would you recommend any other, ge- uh, any other specific teas in general before knowing your dosha? Um, and is there any teas that you would not recommend? Not really. I think as long as you know what your body type is, just stick to that. And a good general tea that we use in Ayurveda is called it's cucumber i mean sorry not cucumber coriander cumin and fennel Mm. and so what um they'll do is they'll boil water they'll turn the water off and then they'll just throw in cumin seeds coriander seeds and fennel seeds because this is tridoshic for all it's good for all the body types Mm. and it helps clear out toxins that are in the body and so it's kind of like a, it's like a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. So, you know, the body is constantly um, nourishing itself. And through that nourishment, we have the toxins that could be whatever it is. And those are in the body. But if we're not taking the measures to release the toxins, they stay in the body. So for me, that's why it's so important to drink fluids all day long. No matter so, it's, you know, water or tea. So you said coriander, fennel, and was it cumin, did you say? Uh-huh, cumin. Yep. Okay. How much of each would you put uh, for our listening audience that want to try this at home? How much of each of those seeds would you put? I boil 16 ounces of water, which is two cups, and then I take uh, half a teaspoon of each. And you can also leave it in a cup overnight. 
mm-hmm. so that it you know absorbs into the water overnight and then you can drink it the next day as well that mm-hmm. is also beneficial you can make your own blend there's also blends online that you can just buy so you don't have to worry about measuring you can just order it and you know make your own teas at home um but i'm a big believer in doing everything yourself and you know i mean i grind my own spices even like that's how die hard i am so mm. <laughs> and obviously you know you would you strain them too or would you also consume this yes. uh, the 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 seeds it doesn't hurt if you do consume them because again your body's going to know what to do with that spice and mm-hmm. element in the spice but mm-hmm. you can definitely just strain it no problem you can definitely add you know agave if you wanted to because it doesn't taste the best but it's medicine it's mm-hmm. preventative medicine and so um i like to do it around springtime springtime because we follow the laws of nature it's cold and frozen in the winter time but as soon as spring hits everything starts to melt so this is the perfect time according to ayurveda to do a cleanse because we are in tune with nature so our body is also um warming up with the sun this is the best time to do a cleanse to remove the toxins from the body and help them leave the body and be ready for summer mm awesome awesome um yeah i th- i feel like we could just talk all day long um one more one more uh, it's it's just a lot because ayurveda is a it's a very uh it's a very large subject and um you know talking about yeah very complex and uh you know we're just focusing on the wellness for uh, amongst covid right now um i guess the last bit i want to talk about is sleep um if you have any uh uh you know uh perspectives with sleep yes so ayurveda also has a clock um we the doshas also align with our 24 hour clock mm-hmm. and um according to ayurveda you want to go to sleep before 9 pm mm-hmm. or at least by 9:30 mm-hmm. and then you because if you go past that you're going to enter the fiery aspect of uh the elements and that is going to spark your energy. Mhm. And you'll just stay up until 2 in the morning or whatever. Mm. Um yeah. <clears throat> and then you want to wake up before 6 a.m. Mm. Now, Ayurveda states that we should wake up at 4 a.m. and do 2 hours of our self-care practices, which is what I was saying, you know, you drink your water, you mm-hmm. tongue scrape, you oil pull, you do meditation, you do yoga, you do your mantras, you do your supplements and all of that has to be done by 6 a.m. so that way you can start your day at 6 a.m. and you've already donated not even donated but you've dedicated 2 hours to yourself mm. giving back to your body mind and spirit however i know that 4:00 is kind of uh, an insane <laughs> time to wake up so we can wake up a little bit before 6 a.m. that helps because from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. is the kapha time and that is the time where the qualities that can rule is laziness lethargy um just wanting to like water just being still sitting inactivity and so if you go past 6 a.m. <clears throat> it'll be harder to wake up mm whereas if you wake up even if you wake up at 5:50 you open your eyes you're like oh okay but if you go back to sleep and you hit that 6 a.m. it's going to take a lot more to wake up mm. and those are kind of just general practices for ayurveda because sleep is very very important yes resting is super crucial for ayurveda it is the way that we reset ourselves it's kind of like you turn off the electronic and you just let it charge. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Liz, thank you so much uh for uh lending your energy and talents. Um any uh closing remarks um you know uh just in general in response to what we're going through and then uh for those in a listening audience uh that want to learn more about you, uh maybe 
uh, seek a consultation, figure out their dosha? Where can they look you up and reach out to you? Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, also, I kind of started a YouTube. I have a few videos on there, too. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook. I have email, phone. I'm like 100% available all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do Zoom chats. I do everything. So any any method, honestly, is 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 fine. Um, and I do want to just close this out with reminding people, please be kind to yourself. We're going through a really um, difficult situation together. And if we can be kind to ourselves, then hopefully we can be kind to others. And we can bring that sweetness into our life mm -hmm. and into you know, ourselves and our home. And if we can do that, we can definitely balance the bitterness that we're feeling in life. Um, yeah. But it does take the sweet, it does take the sweetness. We have, we are being called to be sweet to one another. And I think it's time. Uh, it's time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, not just during, you know, COVID, but, you know, hopefully ongoing as well. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of us and on this planet and, um, you know, no matter your color, creed, religion, you know, whatever affiliation, um, you know, we're all physically here on the same place and we have to be, stay and live with each other. So, you know, it's um, it would be beneficial to all of us, you know, like Liz is saying, to be kind not only to yourself, but to each other, you know, so just another reminder. Uh, Liz, thank you so much for um, hopping on to the show. For those of us, um, um you know, that are not able to make it to the live show. We are going to publish this later on. Um, please check out uh, Liz's resources, figure out your dosha um, and check her out. Um, definitely. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on and uh, please follow us on the regular season for Thrive Bites. Again, my name is Colin Zhu. I'm your host uh, for this series and um, please be well everyone and uh, please take care of each other uh thanks liz for hopping on again thank you so so much and thank you for this work that you're doing and being of service i'm so grateful for for you and your community thank you thank you so much all right guys be safe and uh, we'll see you on the next one hey guys that was another episode of thrive bites if you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.